In this episode of Locked On Capitals, I am joined once again by Michael Marzacco as we talk about the state of the Washington Capitals. What's next for this team? Is Brian McClellan's job safe? We'll talk about that. And then what other changes do the Washington Capitals have to make before the start of next season? We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check that out. My name is Dan Holney. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Well, in this episode, like I talked about, we are joined once again by Michael Marzacco as we talk about the future of the Washington Capitals. But it's so crazy, this coaching carousel. You know, it, it didn't work on this one team, so they're going to go somewhere somewhere else, and you're going to get a different result on that. What do you think about Brian McClellan? How safe is his job? Because we talked about this before, and I've talked about it with others as well. The onus of the Washington Capitals' mistakes this past year was on him. They knew goaltending was going to be an issue, and guess what? Surprise, surprise, it was. You know, and the you know the people that are going to argue with me are going to say they got a hundred points with that tandem, and you know, touche, great point. But still, they don't have that elite level goaltending. They don't have a Braden Holpe, um, and you know, we could argue, and we'll talk about that a little bit later if they have a viable option in Hershey. But that's what I'm saying is, is Brian McClellan's job in jeopardy? I would say, in my personal opinion, if the Capitals do not make it out of the playoffs next year, it's going to be curtains for him. Yeah, I haven't looked at McClellan's contract to see how many years are left in the contract. But I do know if there's another first round exit, he's probably definitely going to be gone. Because I feel like the last two years, it was on him. And then he let a Hall of Fame coach and trots walk out the door. Yeah. And, you know, when I'm looking at that and I saw that and uh, I was thinking to myself, was that when they moved on from trots, was there more uh, at play there? Was that, uh, you know, was that Ted Leonsis and was that Dick Patrick? Was that the brain trust of the Capitals? Was that telling them to move on? Um, I guess we'll never really know on that. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, I think that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if I found out tomorrow that Brian McClellan lost his job, I would not be surprised at all because we always, all the time, we hear about this window that's open and that it's closing and that it's a win now mode and all kinds of cliches, but it really doesn't mean anything when you knew that goaltending was a problem and you just turned a blind eye to it. I mean, the buck stops stops with him. He was the guy that should have fixed it. He did nothing. So just kind of talking about netminding here, we have Hunter Shepard, we have Phoenix Copley, there's Zach Fucali, um, uh, who in, in Hershey or the Stingrays, it, do they have anything in house uh, for, the, for the future of the Washington Capitals? Say something crazy happens and Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek both walk and they sign with other teams. Do they have at least a backup option in Hershey or with the Stingrays? It would have to be Fucali. 
But you saw how the last two years, what happens when you go with two young goaltenders. Unfortunately, the Caps were dealt a bad hand when they signed Henrik Lundqvist, and he couldn't play because of a heart condition, which led to pretty much Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov you know, being that one-two tandem. But that's an interesting situation if they both leave. I would say Fucali would be a good backup, and they would 100% have to swing for a veteran. Now, which kind of veteran goalie would be available? It's, I think Kemp, it's Kemper's tough. one of them, isn't it? Which one? Uh, Darcy Kemper, I think, is a name I've heard floated out there. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm going to ask you. I'm sorry to cut you off. There's a bit of a leg here, but is there a, a, a net miner that you could see the Washington Capitol sign? Um, is there a veteran net miner out there that you could see them picking up? Because it seems pretty certain that that is what the Washington Capitals will do. Again, we talked about last time, I think that Braden Holtby is also an option. Who is that veteran net miner, in your opinion, that uh, they'll scoop up in this offseason? Maybe Simeon Varlamov, because we've talked about reunions, and maybe a Varlamov reunion could be good for this team. Yeah, I mean, he kind of, if memory serves, kind of had a mixed results. I know that, uh, you know, I remember they were doing that 24-7 Capitals Penguins back there, and, uh, and they were highlighting uh, his career in it or his time with the Washington Capitals. And it seems like he was a bit injury prone uh, if memory serves, but that's been some time uh, looking back on that. But I mean, I think that we're both in agreement that they do need to, to pick up that veteran netminder because, you know, like I say, if you go into next season um, with that same tandem, I think that you're just asking uh, for trouble. I mean, I know that you are. So earlier in the show, we talked about Anthony Mantha and where do you, what kind of role do you see him taking on? I know that we talked about him maybe filling in for that Tom Wilson role. Anthony Mantha, I think, is kind of playing a lot better than many uh, thought he was going to play. Um, I, I, at least I thought. I know he was a big name, but uh, he also kind of brought a physical game. What are your thoughts on Anthony Mantha? My thoughts on Anthony Mantha is that he's very underrated and he doesn't really get like the praise from a lot of Caps fans. But I can see how he was dealt like a really weird situation. Because when you lose fan favorite Jacob Vrana, people think, oh, you just lost all the speed. But really, Mantha's just a big body and a physical presence, which is why he would be pretty good with the top line filling in for Wilson. Because Wilson has that physicality, too. Yeah, and that was something that was kind of missing, I guess, from his game before uh, was that physical aspect. But you saw a bit more of a physical game uh, from from Anthony Mantha. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll rejoin Michael Marzacco next. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, welcome back from the break here. So I'm talking with Michael Marzacco of Stars and Sticks. And why don't you tell everyone where we can find your work, where can we find your written work, and just everything about you. 
So I've been a Capitals fan since like the 2003-04 season when I started being into sports and just watching this team go from like the bottom to the top has been amazing and I've been over at Stars and Sticks for over three years. I was approached by Fansided and um, it was an offer I couldn't refuse and I was speechless. But you can follow uh, me and the team's work. I got a couple of writers just throughout the country. Um, one in NorCal, a couple in Canada, a season ticket holder, and even a fan in New Hampshire. So we're all over the place, and Caps Nation is strong. You can follow our work where we post articles all the time at stars underscore and sticks. And you can follow my personal Twitter at Marswago, where I'm not just tweeting about the Caps. I'm tweeting about the Wizards, the Commanders, the Nationals, all DC sports. Yeah, so uh, thank you for once again for joining us on this show here. And I did read an article from one of the other writers at Stars and Sticks, and he had kind of an interesting take on the uh, postseason for the Washington Capitals. And one of the things that he wrote was that maybe the Washington Capitals winning the Stanley Cup, and I'm paraphrasing here, maybe the Washington Capitals winning the Stanley Cup in 2018 was kind of putting off the inevitable, that rebuild that we were talking about. So that's an interesting take on it. Do you think that, you know, that the Washington Capitals are all in on these core of players because there's this feeling of nostalgia associated with this team? You know, this is the nucleus that took us to the Stanley Cup and did all these great things. Do you think it would have almost been better that the Washington Capitals didn't win in 2018? Because I think that there was change even brewing back then, because now it seems like they're kind of stuck in a spot here where they're like, they don't want to let go of anyone. And I'm not really sure what's behind that. But uh, part of it, I think, is that that agreement with Brian McClellan, with Alex Ovechkin, you know, keeping these players together so we can stay on a competing team. Uh, what are your thoughts on that uh, interesting uh, thought there? I wonder if that was CJ that wrote that, because I also meant to say that we have a writer in NorCal. So shout out to CJ there. <laughs> yeah, but, I was just kind of I was pouring through some different articles on your page there. And I thought, you know, that was that was an interesting take, you know, something that I hadn't really thought of before. Um, and yeah, I just thought, you know, that that was an interesting take on on the Stanley Cup. And, you know, I, I think that there's maybe some truth there that there is a. Uh, some truth in the fact that, you know, maybe the Capitals would have made some moves earlier if they hadn't won the Stanley Cup, because now I think to a certain extent, there's, you know, sentimental feelings associated with, well, this is the group that took us over the top. So, but you say that you also are a big fan of the Nationals. What, what do you make of the Nationals uh, rebuild that's going on right now? It makes me very, very sad and very, very concerned as a Capitals fan. But it's like they're going in two different directions. It's almost like the Nats and the Lerner family were happy with that one World Series. And we're like, okay, let's start from scratch. And now the Learners are looking to sell the Nationals. So it's it's such a different situation. I'll tell you from being a Redskins slash Commanders fan and seeing embarrassment after embarrassment every Sunday, I was longing for a DC championship as a kid. And... I'll always be grateful that it was the Caps that were the first ones to do it because they were the ones that were going to the playoffs every year and falling short. But as I mentioned earlier in the show, as great as that 2018 championship was, it was almost like it was an accident because nobody, not even McClellan, saw that coming. And when it happened, 
McClellan was put in a tough spot, or Ted Leonsis, whoever was there. I mean, I wasn't a fly on the wall in the room, so neither of us know what happened. But then yeah. all of a sudden they were like, we were grooming Reardon for this whole time. And now <laughs> he just won us a cup. Trotz just won us a cup. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, like I say, talking about that again, it was, it was just such a crazy thing to me that they moved on from him and even equally uh, crazy that they uh, moved on from him on um, the Islanders. I am, I'm hearing talk that he might go to the jets because that's, you know, where he was from growing up and stuff. So I guess that really uh, remains to be seen. Um, but looking at that nationals team for me, it's just such a mess. Uh, Juan Soto is kind of the franchise player there. Uh, if you take a look at it, it's a, it's a long list of unknowns. I know that there's some long prospects there, uh, but uh, I mean, Josiah Gray and Kiebert Ruiz, et cetera. But uh, that's what I'm talking about is that rebuilds can sometimes go wrong and, you know, maybe it'll take some time and I'll eat my words and that nationals team will really be flourishing at some point. But as of right now, it's pretty rough, but uh, yeah, to your point, talking about in the 2018 uh, Stanley Cup. I don't think anyone did see that coming. And it was kind of a Cinderella story, if you think about it, as they went on and they played the Columbus Blue Jackets and they played, it was rough. It kind of went down to the wire there. And everyone's saying, well, there's no way they're getting past the Blue Jackets. And then they move on to Tampa and they're like, well, no one's going to be Tampa. And I mean, especially now, if you look at Tampa, I could believe that. And they moved on past Tampa. They make it to the Golden Knights and they're like, all right, they got lucky. They got lucky. But now they're playing the Golden Knights. This, you know, their first season. This is where the rubber meets the road. There's no way the Capitals will beat them. And they won a Stanley Cup. And it was it was on the backs of Braden Holpe. It was on the backs of Philip Grubauer. And if you think about it, you know, and I hate to make it all about goaltending here, but if it wasn't for that Philip Grubauer, Braden Holpe one-two punch, I'm going to say right now that the Washington Capitals would not have won the Stanley Cup. When Braden Holpe started to falter, Philip Grubauer came in and it was almost like a perfect scenario because then when he started to falter a little bit, Brain Holpe was well rested and the rest is history. So I think that it was truly, you know, in a lot of ways, a Cinderella story for this Washington Capitals team, uh, just kind of an improbable thing to happen. But I just still think fondly back looking on that, looking at Alex Ovechkin and his just disbelief uh, that his team finally got over the hump. What are some of your fond memories of the Washington Capitals winning uh, the Stanley Cup in 2018. I know it's been some time already, but, uh, you know, it was still something that I'll never forget. Just a really special moment. I was watching with my wife and I'm like, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. This is, this is just too good to be true. What, what are your fond memories of the 2018 season? My fond memories include uh, coming downtown for games three and five of the Stanley Cup finals. I couldn't afford a ticket to the game. But just being outside Capital One Arena, watching the game on the big screen was incredible. I used to see it all the time as a kid across other sports. And I was wondering what that would be like and seeing that. And it was just a whole different energy. And I felt like the players, even though it was loud in the building, they also felt the energy outside as well. And that helped carry them. And on... June 7th, Game 5, my dad and I went, and it was a good father-son moment for me and him. Yeah. Because I was pressuring him to get tickets to Game 6, and Game 6, they were, like, real expensive. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? Let's go to the Game 5 watch party instead. And this was a week before they won the Cup. So, like, nobody knew how that series was going to go. We just planned it, and lo and behold, 
that was the night they won the cup anyway. So we didn't even need a game six after all. Yeah, I mean, just uh, I mean, just even thinking back on it now, and just you know, I mean, I think to a certain extent that that is why uh, Mark Andre Fleury doesn't want to come back, or he doesn't want to come to the Capitals. Rather, I think that there's just a long line of bad blood, or you know, that rivalry that doesn't want to let go between the Penguins uh, and the Golden Knights. But uh, yeah, just uh, some really fond memories for me as I look back on that season. And uh, you know, I, I'd like to think that this Washington Capitals has one more cup in them. Uh, hopefully, with this Ovechkin Backstrom uh, lineup at least. Uh, the rest of the lineup, I guess, remains to be seen. All right, after the break here, we're going to talk quickly about Alex Ovechkin. Yes, we can't let an episode pass without talking about Alex Ovechkin. We'll talk about him after the break. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? An example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, only $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So head on over to rockauto.com. So, Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how do you hear about us section so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, welcome back. We're talking with Michael Marzacco of Stars and Sticks, and we're talking about a truly landmark season for Alex Ovechkin. If you think, you know, all the the milestones that that were peeling off this year, one after the other, as he chases uh, Wayne Gretzky to be the all-time goal leader, um, and just how many the great things that he has done this year. Talk to me a little bit about uh, about Alex Ovechkin. I mean, we just take a look at all the the things that he did. Ovechkin, you know, at now at 780, and uh, he he, you know, I think that it is insight for him to to catch uh, Wayne Gretzky. What are your thoughts? Um, you gave a review on your report card on Alex Ovechkin. Tell us a little bit about your uh, your thoughts on Alex Ovechkin after this year. I'll tell you. Um, growing up, a Capitals fan. I mentioned earlier in the show, it was like 0304 when I started watching this team. So when they were in last place, I knew they were going to draft somebody special, but I didn't know who it was. And it was hard to really know who Alex Ovechkin was because there was like a whole NHL lockout going on. If there wasn't that lockout in his rookie year, we would not only be talking about how he's in third place, we'd be kind of talking about how next season could be him catching Gretzky, but you know, owners, money. Oh well, what what can you do? But this past season, it's a good start for him after he signed that contract because he needed just thirty three goals and he got fifty, and he did it at age thirty five with critics bashing him left and right before the season even began. 
And this was a really important season for Ovechkin because now it's not if he's going to catch Gretzky, but when. He's going to break Gordie Howe's record next year, and I think he's going to top Gretzky the year after that. Get get your tickets now. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I'm worried about is injury. Uh, as we know that he sustained a brief injury this season, and I think that that would be probably the only thing that would derail his hopes of catching um, uh, Gretzky because I know that he's getting older just like we're all getting older here. Um, but I mean, he's changing. Uh, I talked about in a previous podcast, he's changing out, uh, he's changing up his, uh, workout routine. He's always working out harder and harder and starting earlier and earlier. And I think that's part of it. The older you get, you kind of have to take a little bit better care of yourself. You have to kind of up your workout regimen. Um, but I think that, that Alex Ovechkin can do it. And just, you know, if you take a look at the milestones on this season alone, and I'm not even talking Alex Ovechkin here, let's talk about Nick Backstrom, all the different, um, you know, milestones that peeled off this year. There's too many to count, but just, you know, I know that the Washington Capitals did not get uh, the result that they were looking for. I know we all were hoping for a Stanley Cup win, but, you know, um, you know, if you take a look, they finished with 100 points. They made it to the first round of the playoffs. How many other teams out there in the National Hockey League don't even make it to the playoffs? I think to a certain extent, the Washington Capitals fans are I hate to say it, maybe a little spoiled. Why don't we talk to the Coyotes about that? Why don't we talk to the Sabres about when the last time that they were to the playoffs or the cup? Do you think that there's some truth to that, that the Capitals fans, um, you know, I hate to use the word spoiled, but are we a little bit spoiled? You know, that, you know, it's almost expected that the Capitals will make it to the playoffs somehow. I agree. Uh, I think we're all kind of a little spoiled getting to watch a guy like Alex Ovechkin night after night. And I was telling my mom this, I'm going to be really sad when Ovechkin retires because I feel like the game is going to get a lot more boring. It never was boring, but it would get boring without Ovechkin and, dare I say, without Crosby too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's that rivalry that goes back and forth, but there's that uh, crazy thing I saw on Tarek Elbashir's page. He has it pinned on there where he has all these goal sticks that he's uh, acquired, and a couple of them are actually actually Crosby. So there's some, you know, respect that goes back and forth between the two of those guys, and just you know, some really great memories between them. But that's what I'm talking about. Is that you know this Capitals team. I mean, like I say, it wasn't the outcome that we were looking for, but they did make it to the playoffs. And, and you know, sometimes to, I think to a certain extent that needs to be enough. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to uh, settle for second best either. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, to a certain extent, you know, when I talk to these di different locked on hosts and they're like, man, our team's been out of it weeks ago. So it's just, it's going forward. I think that I'm just trying to get a new perspective on the, on the Washington Capitals and, uh, and how they're playing. So what big changes uh, do you see the Capitals making here uh, before the start of next season? I know we've talked about the net mining situation. Is there anything, is there any jaw dropping things that you anticipate happening before the fall? Is there, you know, just that thing like, whoa, I did not see that coming. The big jaw dropping thing is if Brian McClellan read my articles and decided, oh, good idea. I'm going to trade John Carlson. I could see Cap's Twitter just blowing up because you'll have the Carlson fanboys defending him, and then you'll have the other people that kind of have the little non-biased approach just nodding their head going, yeah, this was kind of a right move. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. I, I don't know what it is. Just something something tells me that there's going to be something that happens and, you know, it'll catch you by surprise as it always does. You'll be at work and all of a sudden Twitter will go off and you'll find out, like you said, maybe John Carlson, maybe maybe some names that we've really grown to love will be gone. I hate to say maybe TJ Oshie, something, some big player, because let's face it. If as long as happened, it's not that Yeah, yeah, I mean, or I I you know, or something crazy, you know, what, and what is crazy to me, crazy to me, obviously the, the most crazy would be Alex Ovechkin and right up there would be Backstrom or Wilson. Um, I think that, you know, the, it would be hard to be a fan almost to a certain extent. If, you know, you say something crazy happened like Backstrom or, or they moved on from Tom Wilson, I would really question their judgment anyway. But I, like I say, I, I just see something happening and, uh, but that's what they're going to need to do if they want this rebuild, you know, I'm going to kind of go back and do a callback here on the Rangers. They parted with a lot of big players that were tough to move on from. I think the Washington Capitals are going to have to do that. They're going to, I mean, you're not going to give up an Irwin and get a big haul on them. You're not going to give up uh, a Chalow, well, not Chalowski, but you're not going to give up, you know, a lot of these fourth line players or these AHL players and get a big return on them, right? So that's what's going to have to happen is it's going to have to be someone that's got some worth, a TJ Oshie or something like that. Do you think that there's something in the cards for the Washington Capitals like that, like a TJ Oshie moving or something like that? I could see a big haul of like, not just Oshie, but several players moving on. Like maybe Oshie, Eller, Carlson, and one other for like, a big return after that, like a haul of a mixture of a couple of young players, maybe like one or two prospects. And those happen more in like the MLB and the NBA, but it could very well happen in the NHL. Yeah. I mean, and I just think it has to happen. I don't want it to happen, but I think that it's going to happen. Um, if you just take a look, you know, at this team and we talk about it and I talked about it with you in the last podcast that we were together that, you know, what is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and again and again and expecting a different result. I think that it's coming and, uh, I, it's just going to happen sooner or later. All right, Michael, uh, thank you once again for joining me on this episode of Locked On Capitals. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL, from first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from our local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals.